Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, how you doing, man? So, so you know, the Flyers are powered by the Pico Power Plant. We're powered we're, we're by ELEC 825. Yeah. We're proud to be supported by the operating engineers as we run this, uh, this show They're going to make sure that we stay on the air? They are. Uh-huh. They are. Uh, sure. Well, you. I mean, we'll see if they toss me off, yeah, well, but you'll be allowed to stay on, so don't worry about it. So so when I was in Prague, I learned about something called defenestration. Which, well, uh, which I'm is, afraid to know so, where this so, is going. <laughs> well, you, you said that they might get ready and they might throw you out the window, which is apparently what in, in, in the Czech Republic what they do to people. <laughs> I don't think you can, they, I don't think they, you can open how, these windows. That's how they overthrow governments. They throw them out the window. I don't, oh, that, there's a start to the yeah. show. <laughs> I don't think you can open these windows, so I'm safe for now. Kind of like what they did to Jim, Jim Schwartz. Robert, right? you good on the other side of the glass there? Good. All right. Anybody want to give us a call? 888-728-9941. Give your take on what happened last week with the Eagles. Give your take on the Sixers, Flyers. We're going to have Charlie O'Connor. Why would you want anybody to call in about the Eagles? Well, if anybody has an opinion, they can give it. What do you think? You're the only one with an opinion here? No, it's just it's Friday afternoon. Don't you want to like have a good weekend? Well, I still think there's a lot I mean, to talk you, about. I mean, you have your old school Eagles ha- ski hat on in studio. The dream will never die for me. Yeah? Yeah, I'm all good. But well, it, like, why people... don't you just turn up the heat? Huh? Why don't we just turn up the heat? Why are you wearing a ski hat in studio? Why do you question my fashion choices? Huh? Oh, nobody oh, nobody I, would know that. I, We're I, on the air. I'm sorry. They well, can't no. see what I'm wearing. Well, that's not true because you did the whole Facebook Live thing. That's right. People could see it if they wanted Thank to. Thank you. How about we get to some sports? What is going on with the Sixers, man? <laughs> what and, we were gonna have and, and by the way we were gonna have the city the finger we were gonna have keith <laughs> i can't believe i cut off your joke there about Embiid and his finger keith on was going to join us he's having some travel difficulties the life of a reporter uh traveling around trying to get the story it's the glamorous part of the job it is, is the travel it is the glamorous part by the way you can catch jeff on a few of keith's recent podcasts locked on sixers and you can um, catch Keith on all of them. All of them, that's yes. right. We'll make sure to get him on uh, in a week or two and, and get his take on the Sixers. But God, right now, I God will rely, knows what, this, what, what are, this team will be like at that point. I will rely on my resident Sixers yeah. expert, Jeff Cohen. Give me your take. On? What happened in, what Six, would you like my take what on? Happened in Sixers land this week? Well, besides Embiid now having a surgically repaired finger. That was ugly. <laughs> if you're squeamish, you didn't want to see that. Yeah. And he came. He finished playing. Basketball yeah. players are tough. They say hockey players are tough. No, 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 no. You can't. You cannot compare <laughs> basketball. Let's look at you with your little cackle there. I had that, so much can, fun you, getting you there. You cannot compare basketball players to hockey. players. I would never players. do anything. You can't like compare that. anybody to hockey players. I, w- I would never do hockey anything players like that. take like they Stitches. enjoy the fact that yeah. their teeth fall out on the ice and then they go get sutured up and then come back on. Tell me about the Sixers. So Embiid is out. They say one to two weeks. No, if he's back in one to two weeks, yeah. I'm going to be six feet tall tomorrow. And you know yeah. there's no shot of me well, growing you know, even an inch. Look, I, I know you don't like to gamble, but this is a situation <laughs> to gamble that, that, that you coming. may want to take the the over come, on the one to two weeks that he's going to be Come in. out of retirement? It's just not happening. I'm not going to do that, but I still don't think. If somebody else is looking for odds, that's probably a safe bet to take. I do not think he's back in a week or two. No. We were having the conversation about the fit with Simmons and Embiid together before he went out. What does this do to that conversation now? Because you started to see reports this week of Ben Simmons to Golden State for D'Angelo well, Russell, okay. which I thought was ridiculous. So can, can we start with, are they reports or are they just people throwing stuff out because it's a slow news day? Uh, like, okay, I know I know y- you you mentioned to me beforehand the whole idea that it was 
that there was this report of D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons. Okay. Yes, it wasn't mine. Okay, I know it's not yours. No. How in the world could the Sixers ever trade straight up Ben Simmons for D'Angelo Russell? Don't tell me that, that well, they were high draft picks in their respective years. I don't believe that they could. There is no way that after the nightmare that was the process for so many years, that the result of that was going to be able to get D'Angelo Russell, Russell, who, by the way, I think we could have had a few years ago when he was in the draft, right? Could have. But we took who? Was Markel it? Fultz? Was that that draft? What no, draft was that? I, th- I think that, was that the Okafor draft? Oh, I can't. I, I mix, think it was. I mix and up I, our and bad actu- picks. Actually, the Lakers took him right beforehand. I mix, I mix up our bad picks. Yeah. By the way, Markel Fultz found a shot a little bit. It's still ugly as hell. But I, he's well, shooting, that's it. I mean, shooting it in Orlando. Th- there's another exaggerated <laughs> thing. Markel Fultz is blossoming, blossoming down in, in Orlando. Hey, he's What's not sitting mediocre- on the bench. Yeah, but he's blossoming to mediocrity. All right. I'm not trying to take you back in time to Fultz. Yeah. Let's talk now and going forward. What is the makeup of this team? You've got Simmons. Horford's obviously going to have to come and play the center. Mm-hmm. It kind of will give you You mean the he's going to have to play his natural position now? It kind of gives you the lineup that you've been asking for a little bit if right. they put Trey Burke in at the point, which they moved away from again last night quickly. So, go so, ahead. Go off, Jeff. So, so I mentioned the word Trey Burke. That's yeah. the magic so, word. Go for it. So Trey Burke had been playing very well for the last, what, seven to ten games after Dad kind of went off in the media. Um he became the guy, and by the way, the stories were very odd in that Brett Brown was coming out basically saying his preference was was Howell Neto, and, and that Trey Burke took the job away. What, what? Why? Why did he have a preference? Shouldn't it be if you're a coach that you want your best players to play? Like, you, wh- you love Trey Burke? No, I, is it the uh, Michigan or his play or? Both or well, I mean, he was a good guest. <laughs> oh, and it was he. Yeah, he was, was a good be, guest. It's because he was guest on the show. So and, you're loyal and the Michigan like that. thing, and I think he. I I still think that they are still not using him properly. I still believe you can't do it now because he's hurt. But Trey Burke was a pick and roll guy, and and he was he was salivating when we talked to him in the preseason about the the chance to pick and roll with Embiid, and could have filled that position that that Redick was filling from that perspective. But now you don't have anything to worry about with him because he's not going to be in the so lineup. So are they going to blow up the offense now? What are they going to do? Because Brett Brown said, put "Well, you saw part of it. And... Didn't you see part of it yesterday? I mean, look, Horford is the four-year deal is really starting to worry me because Horford clearly has lost a step or two. But Horford does things, certain things, really well, playing the five, not power forward." He can spread the ball really well. He's a very good passer. He also can play from the elbow really well, and he can create space for other people. That wasn't Joel's expertise. And so you have a situation now where you have a more traditional center who's, even though Horford can shoot for three, I think you're going to see him down in the block more, creating for other people, including creating... Ben Simmons. Now the question is, is whether Ben Simmons is going to start to shoot the ball because he doesn't have the excuse. Have of, we been asking that question for three years? No, but he. Ha- <laughs> yes, but I'm sorry. I just feel like I I could play that. I could have Robert clip any show for the past two years, and he could do a drop of you saying, "Well, Ben Simmons shoot." Now we just need to wait for Ben Simmons to shoot. When's well, ben yeah, shoot? but but now you have Ben Simmons has no excuse now. Like and by the, ex- the way, he's the ex- shooting a little jump shot. He's but he's not taking mm-hmm. long distance shots. No, he. he Ben Ben 
has been using this excuse of, well, Joel Embiid comes to the outside, and, and that's gone for the next couple of weeks. It's time for him to just take over and start doing the things that he needs to do to make this team win. And, and there can be a silver lining in this. If they figure out the offense, the way that I think the offense should run, so that when Embiid comes back, Embiid should go play down in the block just the way that Horford's going to be playing. Have you been saying that for a couple of years, too? No, but Embiid's got to sit here now and watch. And so here's his chance to watch and learn. And if he really wants to win, and it's, you know, he's so tired of the losing, we heard. Here's his chance to take a step back and learn. And the question is, is he going to take advantage of that opportunity, or is he just going to come back and show that he needs to be a highlight reel? And, and we don't need what we have right now is two highlight reels and a bunch of players that Brett Brown's playing out of position. And w- what we need right now is the chance to see whether or not we're going to put people in spots and play them right. Last night, you would have thought after the whole Embiid thing that they were not going to beat Boston, right? I, I mean, if you had to bet, you didn't think Boston was going to. I mean, the, that the Sixers were going to beat Boston, did you? You wouldn't think so with right. Embiid out. And, I, and they played very well, but. Brett started doing the wrong thing again. So Matisse comes back, which was great to see. So is that why Trey got less time because he was back or because Brett just doesn't want Trey in the rotation? I think it's probably a combination of both. I really do. Um, I, I don't think Brett likes And I'm not anti-Matisse. I think that he is No, but he's a not a point guard. On the floor. No, well, no. They, but they continue to play people out of position. Okay, so with them beat out, what would... Jeff's ideal lineup be for the Sixers now with the pieces that are there. <laughs> um, it would be it would be Horford at the five. Uh huh. You put Tobias at the four. I would. I you would put, put Ben would. at the three. No. I, well, either way, you, those are interchangeable. You could one could be a three, one could be four. You you decide. It, it, I mean, it probably you're you're going to have to have Tobias at the three because he can shoot outside and Ben could play down. All right, and who's the block. your two in point? Well, then you have you have Matisse. And Richardson. and Richardson, and then you have uh, you have Burke at, at the point guard. So you would run a traditional point guard offense, yeah. with Trey Burke, uh huh, and then and you. I think mean, look how Richardson went off in the second half yesterday, right? Look, uh, so so those those are that's I think that would be the six. I can't start I think this six, is but Brett's that's opportunity the, to try things because no, he doesn't see, have no 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 what. See, I don't want to hear about But if him he keeps try- doing the same thing, he's not going to do no, what you want. No, but the problem is is that he thinks he's like this mad scientist. It's about time to you should know at this point what these guys can do. Other than the couple guys they brought in, he's had plenty of time but to figure out where they go. If he doesn't try things, then he's not going to do what you just said. No, but trying things gives him an excuse. Well, I'm I think he has the, the excuse with him beat out to try and make that lineup change. He doesn't have to get into the personalities of he is Horford the do- center or is Embiid the center? Is Ben going to be bringing up the ball because it'll be Ben's team without Embiid on the court? I think he has the freedom now to try and put those pieces in the position they should be as opposed to playing people out of position because he has pieces that don't fit together. Correct. I just don't like the use. I don't like that you're using the word that he can try. Well, and I'm sorry. I'll get Merriam-Webster online and I'll no, have a better word next I, time for I th- you. Th- I think he he should know at this point what to do and just implement it. And that's what a leader does. So and he's I'll ask not the question, are you losing confidence in Brett Brown? Oh, that's gone. Because you're, every week you are less into the decisions that he's making, and I don't see the Sixers backing away from him. It's gone. I have no confidence. I have a vote of zero confidence at this point because— Well, aren't you Mr. Optimism? 
it's not a que- it's not a question of optimist or pessimist. It's a point of whether what do you need to do to lead. And a coach has to be a leader, and there are no leaders on this team. The players are not leading by example. Well, didn't the players kind of come out and say that? Didn't isn't that what Richardson basically said in yes. his quotes? Isn't that you know Embiid taking shots at Simmons for not shooting? People have to shoot the ball. Isn't that what's going on right now? This lack of leadership is leading to people speaking publicly rather than these conversations going yes, on in the locker room. Yes, because because Joel and Ben are allowed to do what they want. All right, so we'll get away from the Joel and Ben conversation because Joel's out. Why? So let's look at the team no, that's here now. Get, let's not get away from it but because you the, can't. It, there's no point to it because Embiid's not on the court now. So you're not going to find out if they can work together because he's going to sit on the bench. We know that they look. There, there are statistics. I mean, look, you can pull out the statistic. Ah, oh, stats man, Jeff yeah, coming exactly. out. You hate so when I use stats. The Sixers are a plus ten point six out of every hundred possession possessions when both are on the floor, compared to a minus two point one when both are off, and a minus two point eight when Simmons is on with Embiid off, and a plus seven point seven when Embiid is on and Simmons is off. So got all that? Nope. Okay. So what that tells me is somehow, yes, they they are more a net positive when both of them are on the floor. But keep in mind, Embiid's a, a, a positive when Simmons isn't on the floor. I think, look, if I had my ideal injury that had, if I had to have an injury, I would have liked to seen what this team was like if Ben Simmons was out for a couple weeks. Because I think that would I don't be wish the for injury on anybody. No, I, that, but I'm saying I I, I think that. We would learn a lot if we saw. Well, and that maybe, would give and make, you hold on, but in make, the point guard rotation that would give you more of what you want. No, it'd be want. the whole team. It, the, the, I think that everybody needs. Joel needs to be told. Look, I don't care how big a star you think you are. You can be the best center in this league if you just go down on the block and Isn't play. That what Shaq there. told him. Shouldn't yeah. that be coming from inside the franchise, though? Okay, who would you like it to come from? But I'm saying, who should it come from? Shouldn't that answer my question? I'm not saying there's anybody there. No, but answer my question. It, in a successful franchise, who should it be? The coach. Thank you. Is it? No. Okay. Well, again, I'm not here to defend Brett. I'm asking you the honest question. No, you asked me a question, and so I but posed sh- a question with a question. A, if the coach isn't doing it, who's going to do it? Okay, so in a successful franchise that would get the most out of him. Your coach or somebody in the franchise would do it. It wouldn't come from the people on TV. Is it coming from Elton? It's not coming from anybody in the franchise, no. apparently, okay. because he finally listened when so, they so said it. You can you can experiment, and I'm using my little air quote fingers right now. You can experiment all you want. It doesn't matter unless you have a plan. And at this point in the process, there should be a plan. Uh, you used and your the, word. There process. is there isn't a plan. We're still experimenting after all of this time, and the only answer is is to say that Ben, you need to if you want to be a six ten point guard, then start playing like a point guard. And Joel, if you want to be a, an all all time great center, then start playing like a center. I'm gonna leave the Sixers there. Why? Why I are we wanna, leaving? Because I want to get. Did to I make ta- you sad? I, I want to get to Taco. Oh. I want to let you go off on no, NBA no. All Star voting. Come on, you're all worked up now about the Sixers. Yeah. Tell me why you hate the way that All Star voting occurs in the NBA. So, so why don't you tell? So Taco Fall is now what number? Has the have, have I haven't the newest seen the new numbers? I don't he know if the newest a, game. He was no, what number six in front court. Why voting. don't you just explain who Taco Fall is? I think Taco Fall played for what UCF. Yeah, not everybody knows who he okay, is. Okay, he's though. seven six, seven yeah, five, seven tall. six, 
Uh, he's not the most graceful of of basketball he's on Boston. players, right? He's, he's on the, off the bench once. He, he's twice. the third center on the team, maybe. Uh, he gets what, maybe five, six minutes a game, somewhere in that range, and somehow he's still sixth in front court voting. Yeah, five hundred and forty-three thousand. How? Now, for those that are old enough to remember uh, American Idol at the beginning, there was the the dreaded Sanjaya vote. Look at you with right? your American Idol knowledge. Uh-huh. That's I think that's the last time I watched American. I Idol. was going to say you're not showing yeah. your age or anything right. at all. But, but for those that don't remember, there it was basically a goof, and people was just calling in to vote for this guy. Okay, so uh, there there's obviously either there's there's Russian trolls. Why are you anti talking right? <laughs> Or, or Celtics fans are are they should be cut off at the beer line because there is no way that Taco Fall I, that has nothing to do with Taco Fall. You cannot tell me that he should be sixth in voting. By the way, you know who's below him? Tobias Harris. <laughs> okay, Horford. Yeah, I could keep going. Oh, There's a whole bunch. It's it, by the way, it's on front court, so it's I not knew, even center and I then knew forward. That you were gonna lose it he, when I brought it up. He is. And this three is done spot. exactly as I thought he, it would. He is three spots. <laughs> what, you think you're some sort of evil <laughs> genius because you can annoy me? Oh, I knew that you would enjoy this a lot. So what the answer? So the answer is what? Take know, the you're going to take one? away fan voting, apparently. I, I, I have always been for fan voting. This might be the thing. This is finally convinces convinces that fan voting is that terrible. There is no way that this should happen. <laughs> You've lost your faith in the, fans. Yes. Poor Something. Jeff. Somebody better find out what is going on I, with this and tell me that this is some sort of computer error. So, all right. So, I need your advice on the air. Um, I texted you the other day. I want to know how I should have responded to this. Oh. I was out in South Jersey and saw Ben Simmons shopping. Oh, I know. Okay. And, <laughs> and I already know my answer. To this and guy. you responded that I should have gone over and interrupted him to have ask him for an interview or get a picture. Meanwhile, he's no, walking say, across. No, I didn't say get a picture. A, an interview. No, I, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that says go take a picture with somebody or bother him. I remember I saw Placido Polanco in a in a car dealership when I was looking at cars, and and somebody said to me, "Oh, you should have gotten an autograph of him." I'm like, "No, he's with his family. I'm not going to bother." No, him. but I should ask him for an interview. <laughs> no, okay. Him that well, way. first of all, he wasn't. He wasn't with his family. He was. What you didn't tell me is he was with Kendall Jenner. He was at, at Whole Foods. Yeah. Okay. Which they prob- clearly were trying not to be seen. She had no. like a hooded sweatshirt oh, on. Oh come and stuff. on. When does Kendall Jenner not want to be seen? I'm not getting into the Jenner. Right. But so, so I'm I'm telling so you. So I felt bad, though, because Ben's like, you Ben's just not. walking his shopping cart back, and everybody's stopping and taking video of this guy. He can't even go to the damn market without being photographed. I, so here, here's and my- you want me to go in and stick a mic in his face and ask him for an interview. It's like, come on, man. Don't, don't you have the stuff in your car? I was prepared with the equipment, okay, well. but I did not think it was appropriate to go over and ask him. Well, uh, Sorry to disappoint uh, you again. Uh, Apparently, once again, you're more committed to the show than exactly, I am. Exactly, <laughs> but but I do have a question for all those people that you said were taking video. Yeah. What do you do with a video of a guy pushing a Send supermarket it to TMZ. cart? TMZ. For what? That's what they do. Really? Find video of them out and there that, doing so, everyday so, normal things. So uh, do people watch this then i don't but apparently a lot of others do they sell a lot of ads. like have, have we gone it to became the, a tv show now or do we have so much free time now that we we are going to click on ben simmons pushing a supermarket cart? no that's why we're so busy because we're watching ben simmons push a shopping cart let's get to some football i was there in the stadium this is last a sports week. show right i was there in the stadium last week uh yeah, i watched it's your fault. I, the carson wentz hit happened right in front of me mm-hmm 
I watched him stand up and lose his balance right away. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was his back or a knee. It looked like he sort of gave out as opposed to was dizzy. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he got up, you could see that something wasn't right. Right. Now, it took a really long time on Twitter for that to come out. I was texting you, mm -hmm. and there was nothing on Twitter, but we could see him in the blue tent. Then you could see McCown warming up, and then when he started to go to the locker room, you saw tweets coming out. They never really made an announcement in the stadium until the second half about it. Yeah, but if you if you saw the highlights when the hit happened, his eyes kind of closed. I mean, it was... You saw the picture that I had on my yeah, Facebook page. Uh -huh. There was the front page of the Enquirer. Great shot by that photographer of his head on the ground with his eyes closed mm -hmm. after taking the hit. Yeah, so you 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 raised I don't know if you remember, so we were we were texting at that time and 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 you had kind of an issue with with something I said about Carson Wentz. Do you remember what it was? It was that he needed to stay in the the pocket. So, no, no, right. no. Well, it, it was, you were you're close. I was blaming I was partly blaming him and I and I think you were uncomfortable I with it. I wasn't having any of it. Yes, it is is that I'm still having I, none of I it. I have told you for a long time now that Carson Wentz doesn't do certain things that make He doesn't slide the way you want. He doesn't slide. Okay, so quarterbacks are taught to slide feet first because they cannot be touched once they start they get into that slide. Carson Wentz doesn't do that. He goes head first. Jadavian Clowney would have been thrown out of that game if he did tried to do what he did if Carson Wentz was sliding feet first. I can't promise you he wouldn't have done it anyway because he can be a dirty player. And by the way, uh, his comments after the game about Philadelphia fans didn't make this whole situation any better. Yeah, they're not going to like him anymore. Look, yeah. I don't believe that it was malicious, but I believe it was illegal. And in the NFL, they call that a penalty mm -hmm. for leading with the crown of the helmet and on the back for, of the head for them to say that, How's that, not that he's a runner and not down by contact if you remember in the Atlanta game this year you had a play on the two yard line where he dove for the end zone just like the Rams game where he got injured mm -hmm. and he made it into the end zone but they said he was down by contact in the same exact play so I really don't want to hear it for that, that it's his fault. Wait, Look, but why, he needs to why don't slide. you think is that? Why don't you think that is malicious using the crown of your helmet on the back because of I don't someone's think, head? I don't think he necessarily intended to do it. Before what did he it intend happened. to do? I think it was a bang bang play, but that doesn't excuse Wait, him from doing it. Wait, what's the bang bang part? The guy is on the ground. Yeah, but you're already flailing at him at that point. Head first. He was flying head first. He moved his crown that's lower. Your, you're not supposed to go head. No, first. you're not, and that's okay, why it's so, a penalty. Though, but I don't me, think there was intent. Oh, I do. I don't. You think there was? I don't think there was to intent injure? to injure. I think there was intent to to, to hit, to but not, hit not hard to with the crap with the with the wrong part of your body. So Carson Wentz goes out. The injury mm -hmm. bug strikes again. Brandon Graham misses some plays. Miles did Sanders. You, did anybody like knee. wave to the stands to see if anybody could throw the ball just in case? Well, I, we didn't even realize Josh McCown tore his hamstring right. off the bone. He was playing in the second half with a torn hammy. Do By they, the way, I'm going to be 41. I have no idea how to. By the way, what happened to what around. happened to what's his name? The the third string quarterback, Nate Sudfeld wasn't yeah. active for Why? the game. That was a decision that they made about who they put active. Okay, they so, put they put DBs and D linemen right, so because they had the injuries no, everywhere else. Hold on one second. When was McCown injured? When did he have the torn hamstring? In the second half of the game. So it was in that game. Yeah. Are we sure that he didn't have any issues before? That? That's not what the report says. The report says that he had it in the second right, half right. of the game. That's what the report if says. You, if he would have gone into it with a torn, you, there's no excuse for not mm -hmm. having him active. But if he hurts it, it's whatever. Greg Ward was actually the third-string quarterback right. at that point. Mm -hmm. Which, from a play calling, I'm just shocked that all the games they had where Greg Ward was playing, they never ran some type of option where he could throw the ball. 
He was a great quarterback in they're, college. They're saving it for next year. For next season. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what we did see. Uh, obviously not enough. Same score from we last time. We saw a time, lot of guys that nine. will not be on the Eagles next year. Probably not. Yeah. All right, so was this season a success? No. No. Well, well, how could it be a success? I don't think it was either. At the beginning of the season, what were your expectations? A playoff run. I yeah. didn't necessarily think Super Bowl, but a playoff okay. run. Eight and eight, winning a division. No, and, and nine and seven, th- or nine and seven, and winning barely winning a division. But Jeff, a we really, were in longer really than best. Dallas. Huh? We were in longer than Dallas. Doesn't that mean it's okay? Whoop de do. That's what I hear from people. Yeah. Uh, who's coming back? Malcolm Jenkins says he won't play under his current deal. You bring him back? Yes. Okay. Jason. How Peter, could you not? Well, I think there's going to be an argument against bringing him back. What's the argument? I think that there's going to be people who say that his play declined. To them, I would say that look who else he was playing out there with, and he hasn't missed a snap in like two years. So would you make the same argument? Okay, so we went through this what was it, a little less than ten years ago with Brian Dawkins. The, it's, and and it, so now, isn't that the I same am hesitant. Thing? I'm not to saying call him he's Brian I, I Dawkins. Know, you know that he's my you. guy. Yeah, you know that you. that's and I I love Malcolm Jenkins, but right. he's not Dawkins. But Joe but Banner s- seemed to have the same response saying that he would at least extend him one more year or try to extend him. And Joe Banner was the guy who let Brian Dawkins walk. Right. So Well, but that's that's called learning your lesson. But I have a really hard right? time doing that. Okay, Jason Peters says he wants another year. You bring him back? Uh, if they could draft somebody, I'd rather do Dillard's that. there. Dillard would be your left tackle. Now, my concern is Peter's durability. He checks himself out of almost every game, and that's really he, difficult. He's, all, he's also have... not exactly a young whippersnapper either. No, right? and he now has more false start penalties than he has, and, and you see him beaten more, but he's still one of the best left tackles out there, so right. I don't know what you do. Okay. Uh, Mike Groh out as offensive coordinator, Carson Welch out as wide receivers coach. The day after, Doug announces they're staying. What's going on there, Jeff? Apparently, Doug has no authority. Uh, I forgot that Jeff (laughs) Lurie hired Jim Schwartz before he hired Doug Peterson. So how's he still here? Well, it's funny because in the presser, Doug didn't make clear that Schwartz would be back, but made clear that the other guys would be back. (laughs) Now the other guys won't (laughs) be back. Did he read the cue card wrong? I don't know. Schwartz Uh is interviewing or interviewed yesterday in Cleveland. Apparently, they have Josh McDaniel there today. Uh, they plan to announce tomorrow who they're going to hire. There is no way that, that the Browns can bring in Jim Schwartz and and uh, the people of Cleveland, not like pitchforks and, and torches, go to the, the municipal stadium. Or I think that's Josh McDaniel's there. job to lose if he, you know, if he. What happened it. to the great Urban Meyer? I thought he was the Cowboys coach and then he was the Browns coach you and never he'd... miss a chance what to happened? take a shot. Look at you. Where where did he go? Uh, wild card weekend last weekend. By the way, did you did you hear the comments about the, what the the owners are upset with Carolina because, because they paid rule sixty million dollars? Yeah. But by the way, they, so so they then said the report was is that when they get to the owners meeting, they're going to take it out and they're going to do something to Carolina's owner. Doesn't you, David Tepper have more money than half those owners combined? Yeah, that's and, what I thought. By by the way, do you know what happens? If they keep up with this rant, it's called collusion. Oh, that's right. You're a lawyer. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you, you cannot get together and, and decide what the salaries are going to be. Ratings were really high in Wild Card Weekend. Oh, here you go with Lots ratings. of people watching them. Yeah. I watched the New Orleans-Minnesota game from the parking lot and then... Saw Does the that last, count in the ratings? Saw the last play inside the stadium, actually. Yeah. Uh, we had... 
I couldn't see it at first, the push-off for pass interference from Rudolph. I, it took me a little while to see replays. I just missed it in the stadium. All you heard was the roar of Minnesota winning. Surprised that Kirk so, Cousins pulled it off? No, but it was annoying. You like that? It was so <laughs> annoying to hear him say, you like that in the locker room, and then the team go off about it. In the meantime, Stefan Diggs was throwing a little temper tantrum during the game because he, he was. wasn't getting the ball. Enough. He was not very happy. Yeah. Um, Giants. Do you want him on your team? Stephon Diggs? No. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, but I don't know who I want. We'll get into players next week. Uh, we're going to get to break in a minute with yeah. Charlie O'Connor coming on. Uh, Giants hire Joe Judge. Who? Uh, <laughs> be, because they wouldn't match Matt Rule's salary. The youngest of the seven candidates that they had from the Belichick how, tree. How if you're you're the Giants, the vaunted Giants? Look, right? it's better than Jason Garrett. No, no, hold on. Well, the, yeah, <laughs> that was that was, who I was talk about pitchforks and, I was and torches. A couple of my Dallas friends. Yeah, and I was like, so <laughs> no, but but okay. So if you're if you're the Giants, if if these stories are true that Matt Rule gave the Giants the, the chance opportunity to match. match, how do the Giants? If this is the guy they want, how could they not match? This has nothing to do with your salary cap. It's the Giants. They're printing money. How they're already paying two coaches to sit to sit in their living rooms. How is it that they don't match the Carolina? You and Panthers? I both said that Matt Rule was the coach for there. We'll yeah. see uh, how that plays out in the coming months and years. Why don't we hit the break when we come back? We'll talk some flyers with Charlie O'Connor and get back to everything else. Stick with us. Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? To push your limits? The A Fatty clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined. To overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder, to dream bigger, and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable. And to do it with A Fatty on you, the original street leisure clothing brand. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the Heart of Sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the Heart of Sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. This is Dan Baker public address voice of the Philadelphia Phillies. And you're listening to the Heart of Sports with Jeff Cohen and Jason Springer. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, are you ready to talk some hockey? I know, but I got so excited just hearing Dan Baker. It means spring training's just around the corner. Baseball's but look, but coming soon. We, we, do, we do need to talk hockey. We need to talk about yes. hockey. We need to know what's going on with the Flyers, and for that, we bring on Charlie O'Connor from the Athletic. Charlie, how you doing today, man? Doing good. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Uh, better uh, after the Capitals game. Yeah, absolutely better after the Capitals <laughs> game. Why don't sure. you Why don't you do a little recap for us what we've seen this week with the team, and uh, then we'll get into where things stand after that win on Wednesday night. Yeah, well, they uh, they had a rough go on that uh, on that road trip. It was a, a six game road trip, and I only got one win out of the six, um, and uh, it was it was just one of those things where you know they came into the Christmas holiday four game winning streak. It looked like they had uh, they had turned a corner, and then the road trip. Every year it seems like they struggle on that post Christmas road trip, but this one was real bad. 
Um, but yeah, you mentioned the uh, the Washington game. They uh, they played in Carolina the last game of the road trip, and while they didn't win, they did take it to overtime. They came back from being down four two, and it seemed like I, I was at that game, and it seemed like in the locker room afterwards, the players they, they thought it was a step forward, but the the general consensus in the locker room was basically let's let's wait and see how we do tomorrow because that'll show if we actually are building something here. Or if, this was kind of just a one-off. And then they went out against the Cavs, who very well might be the best team in hockey. And not only did they win that game, they, they skated right with them. I mean, you can make a real case that that wasn't just a, a case of the Flyers kind of getting the bounces, that they, they were the better team on that night. And, you know, it just kind of shows you this team is still trying to get a handle on what it is because they can go on that kind of road trip and have that be that poor of a road trip and then come back home and, and really – skate right with a great team in the Capitals. I think they had the lead for like a minute and eight seconds the whole road trip. It was some insane number like that. Uh, the early scoring in the game, what's getting off to the slow starts? And is this a more of a Jekyll and Hyde team? If you look at their road record, there's no, they're 9-13-2 on the road with a minus 31 goal differential. They're 14-2-4 and two and four at home uh, over a plus 35 going into the other night against Washington. What's the, the issue with the road versus the home, and, and what's the slow starts, and what are they saying about that? Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll tackle the slow starts first. To be totally honest with you, even before this most recent run, the Flyers had kind of established themselves as, as something of like a second and third period team. It's not like they were getting blown out in the first period, but they weren't playing their best hockey over the first 20 minutes, and you know, one of the theories I had was that they've been playing something of a uh, you know a dump and chase kind of uh, you know wear you down type of style, and maybe that's a type of style that you know has its has its benefits later in games, but the first period ends up being more of like a feeling out period. Um, but before this run, it's not like they were getting killed in the first period; they just weren't scoring a lot of goals, and they were kind of dependent on their goalies to uh, to bail them out when they were sort of gaining their footing over the first 20 minutes. Well. Over the last couple of weeks, the goalies have been bailing them out, and they're maybe falling behind, you know, three nothing, four nothing, and I think, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a continued problem. Maybe that's just the nature of the way they're playing, but they just they need the goalies to be better early in games if they're going to kind of play themselves in the games. Um, as for the home road question, it's it's kind of in a way it's inexplicable, um, just because, you know. In hockey, there the the home ice advantage. Obviously, the crowd's there, but really the only benefit you have, aside from you know crowd noise and comfort, is just you get the last change on faceoffs. You get to you know have a better uh, better idea of how you want to dictate your matchups um, after a faceoff or before a faceoff. But it really shouldn't cause the team to be this much better at home than than on the road. You know, one thing I will say is that before this road trip, like there's no excuse for this last road trip. This road trip was just bad. Um, but they went on the road twice before that, and both those times it was sort of understandable that they might not play that well. The first one was the time they went out to Western Canada, and that was after, after they went to they, – they, so they obviously started out the year in Europe. They came back one game for to, to play the Devils, the home opener, and then they went right back out to Western Canada. So that might have just been a case of, you know, the team was kind of travelogue and they were just done. You know, and they just didn't have their best stuff. And then they had a three-game road trip in December, right when they found out that Oscar Limblom had cancer. So, you know, that's a run where you know you lose those three games, 
okay, I can understand how the team might have been shell shocked because they find out one of their, you know, one of their good friends is, is dealing with a cancer diagnosis. So that those two road trips probably can contribute to the fact that the, the home road record is so skewed. That said, this last road trip, this this six gamer, there's no excuse that that was just a terrible road trip, and that just plays into the narrative even further. Charlie, every year it seems like they have this long road trip partly because Disney on Ice seems to be here. Hey, thanks, I went to right. Disney thanks, on Ice. Thanks, Jason. Um, <laughs> is, is there any talk, or do the players ever talk, about the, the frustration of that, especially during the holidays, that every year they're away for an extended period of time and, and have to deal with this gr- grueling road trip? You know, I'll be totally honest. It's not a, it's not a conversation that I've had with, with many of the veterans, um, you know, whether it's frustrating. I guess in a sense, you know, Obviously, you'd like to be around your family, but they still get Christmas. It's usually right after Christmas, and they tend to go to, to warm weather places. So in a sense, it might be a good thing. You know, you're a little excited. I don't have to be suffering through 20-degree weather. I can go to you know, California or Florida and kind of you know, relax in 60-degree weather for, uh, for a few days. But I don't know if it's something that they get frustrated with. What I know is that every year they don't do well. So I, I think, if anything, they might be more frustrated with the fact that every year the road trip seems to go poorly. I don't know if they're necessarily frustrated with the fact that they have to go on the road, period. If they were winning, I'm sure they would love it. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a real point of frustration. I know that there's a few teams that have to deal with things like this you know, around the, uh, the Christmas break. Obviously, the Sixers have to deal with it as well because they also play at the Wells Fargo Center. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it's more of a – a situation where they'd probably like it a lot more if they actually were playing decent hockey when they go on the road after Christmas. All they need to do is get an Eagles home game, and they'll cancel that Disney on Ice real fast. Don't worry. About yeah, it. great. <laughs> now, but but they did come home, and they won this game against the Capitals, the best team in the East. To me, the positives are is Konechnik just continues to play great. He's got he's playing in his first All Star game, and Carter Hart, while he seems to struggle on the road, has has played some games that make you just see the promise in his future. What did you see out of Carter Hart, uh, both on the road and then in this game in, in against Washington? Yeah, I don't know what, what the deal is with Carter Hart with the home and road this year. Because interestingly enough, last year, you know, we obviously only played about half the season after on he the got road. called up, but... Yeah, last year there was no there was no issue. Yeah. So you almost wonder if this is kind of just a fluke thing more than anything that he's for some reason has just stacked all of his bad games to happen on the road or maybe during the stretches where he's he's not quite all there from a technical standpoint. They just have happened to be during road trips. I don't know. Um, what I what I would say is I would agree with you that he's he's showing flashes that he's going to be the guy. He's not a guy I'm worried about long term. What it boils down to though is you know, he's a 21 year old goalie. And he's being handed the starters role for a team that has designs in the playoffs. And, you know, you can obviously hope that a guy like Carter Hart is going to excel every game. He's got the talent to do so. But there aren't that many 21-year-old goalies in the NHL. And the ones that are in the NHL aren't starters, with the exception, really, of Carter Hart. So we're kind of going through uncharted territory here. And I think it's reasonable to assume that he's going to be a little inconsistent in what is his first full season in the NHL. Unfortunately, because he's the starter, the Flyers really get hurt by that inconsistency, even if it's something that's understandable. You're, this team wants to make the playoffs. Now, I don't think this team has any expectation they're going to win the Stanley Cup, but they want to make the playoffs. They want to take a step forward, and you have to kind of just deal with the fact that Hart's going to go through probably these runs where it isn't quite, quite clicking for him. 
Um, what I did like a lot, though, again, in, in the Capitals game, was that, you know, if you watch that game, in the first period, he looked bad. You know, he looked like the same goalie in the first period that, that played in that road trip and was just getting gashed for goals against. And you were, you were thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. This is bad Carter Hart. And then he went to first intermission. He came back out. And then the final 40 minutes of the game, he was great. So I, I don't know if it was just a matter of a couple bad plays in the first period, but he was mostly locked in, or if he just found a way in between the first and the second to, to shake it off and kind of put his A game back on. But he did, and that was a big reason why they won that game, because Hart made some huge saves in the, the final two-thirds of that game. And at the very least, it shows you that you know he's a guy who can shake off a bad goal or two and then come back with a strong performance the rest of the way. And that's good to see, again, especially from a 21-year-old goalie. And then Travis Konechny, who Jeff mentioned, he just continues to to play well, gets the all-star nod. You talk about his play and how important that's been to the team so far. Yeah, he's been so good. I, you know, he's obviously the all-star selection, and, and it's deserved. And that that's not to say the Flyers haven't had other guys that have played well. You know, I've I've really liked the step forward this year that that Ivan Provorov's taken after a a pretty rough uh, season last year. You know, Sean Gatourier is still Sean Gatourier. He's a, a fantastic two-way center, but Konechny's been the best player, in my mind, on the team this year. He's the top scorer. He's the most impactful. And, you know, one thing that was interesting to me, uh, before the Carolina game, so it was the last game of the road trip, obviously a, a rough road trip. Elaine Vigneault is looking for, for guys to step up. And before the game, a couple hours before the game, he named, you know, three or four veterans that uh, that he, he felt like needed to really – you know, kind of play the role of stopper, you know, have that big game that lets you end the road trip on a high note. He named, you know, Drew, Couturier, Voracek, Hayes, Niskanen, named those five. Well, then after the game, I asked him, because they obviously, they got to overtime, they lost. I asked him, you know, how he uh, how he felt those veterans that he had kind of, I wouldn't say put on blast, but he just said, you know, we need, we need more from them in a game like this, you know, how he thought they did. And he said he thought they did well, but after the game, he named Travis Konechny. And obviously, Travis Konechny is not an old guy. He's you know 22 years old. He's still tr- you know really trying to you know get a handle on the league in the sense that he's not you know one of the the guys in their late 20s, early 30s that obviously is a leader. But he's the kind of guy where he's playing so well that I think someone like Vino is starting to look to him as a guy who can kind of stem the tide when things aren't going well, even if he might not be the kind of guy he goes into games thinking that that's going to happen after a game. He looks at it and is like, you know what? Konechny gave me a veteran-type game, even though he's years away from being considered a true veteran. And I think that speaks a lot to the quality of his play this season. How about uh, uh, Shane Goss' bear out after knee surgery? How long is he going to be out for? So the Flyers, I guess, in a sense, kind of lucked out because they do have their bye week at the end of uh, the end of January, and they have the All-Star break. So even though he's out for three weeks, there's a chance that he could be back uh, as soon as the the January 31st game against the Penguins, which would mean he would only miss six games, which okay. for a three-week absence, only miss six games, that isn't too bad. At the same time, it's not like the Shane Goss' bear that the Flyers have gotten this year has been anywhere near, you know, peak Shane Goss' bear. So, you know, you never want to lose anybody, and I'm sure they, they want Shane Goss' bear back. It's just that you might hear the name Shane Gossip here and think, oh, that's going to be a big loss. Well, to be totally honest with you, this year, it's not really that big of a loss because he just hasn't been anywhere near near top form. He's not really scoring. He's not really driving play. His defense hasn't been great. He just 
you've been waiting all year for him to kind of get it together. And so far he's played a little bit better over the last few weeks, but even though you don't want to, you don't want to see him get hurt. You want to see him get back as soon as possible. You want that defensive depth to be as, as good as it possibly can. It's just that it, it has been a rough year for ghost and, you know, add this injury to it. He might, he comes back, but he might not be a hundred percent. That's only going to make it tougher for him to, to turn his year around. The other guy that, that, people seem to have forgot about because he's been injured all season is Nolan Patrick. I mean, I was hoping that this year, this would be the year that he took a step up. Have we heard anything about what's going on with him? And is there any prospect of him coming back anytime soon? You know, it's, he's still trying to get a handle on this migraine disorder and, you know, understandably fans are always asking, you know, for updates. I, I get it. You know, you want to see this guy. He was the, the second overall pick. He's one of the, the top young players in the organization. And you're right. This was going to be a big year for him. You know, part of the reason why they went out and they signed Kevin Hayes to that big deal was to, to make things a little bit easier for Nolan Patrick, let him play on the third line and kind of build up his confidence playing against, you know, weaker opponents, you know, third, fourth line competition. And now it's looking like at this point, I mean, it might be a lost year. We, we are, we're in mid-January and Nolan Patrick still isn't practicing regularly with his team. Now, do, do I think that you know, he's making progress? Yeah, I think he's making some progress. I, I think they're, they're slowly getting a handle on how to, you know, how to treat these migraines, what type of lifestyle changes he has to make, what type of diet changes he has to make to minimize the impact and cut down on how often he gets them. But he's clearly not at a point yet where he's practicing. And it, it's not a matter of if he wakes up one day and the migraines are gone, he's going to be back a week later. You know, he's got to practice for a few weeks with the team. He's got to get himself back into shape because I'm sure he's, he's still in the weight room and he's still doing work, but you have to get yourself back into game shape. He didn't have a training camp. He hasn't played at all. So if, if he were to come back to practice tomorrow, you know, it might take him three, four weeks to be ready to play in games. And three, four weeks from today, we're talking about mid-February. And there's no guarantee he's going to come back anytime soon. So, you know, you're, you're hoping he comes back eventually this year. And I do think ultimately he will get this figured out. I don't think this is going to be career-ending. But it's totally fair to wonder if he's going to see the ice this year for the Flyers just because, to be honest, time is kind of running out for him. Well, Charlie, we always appreciate you giving us a little time to hop on the show other than subscribing to The Athletic to see your stuff, which we recommend everybody do. How can they find you on Twitter and stay updated? Uh, so uh, my handle is Charlie O underscore Con, C-O-N-N. Um, and I'm also on the uh, the Broad Street Hockey Radio Podcast Weekly. We encourage everyone to catch you and stay up to date. Appreciate you giving us a little time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, man. Jeff, uh, your feeling on the Flyers after talking to him, I know that the Patrick stuff is frustrating for you. I can't imagine how frustrating it is for him. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, it's a, it's a serious issue. So, you know, especially when you're playing a sport where you're in constant collision. Uh, it's very similar, you know, having the migraines is very similar to having a concussion as far as, you know, the impact on your brain. So, but... It, Coming into the season, the guy that I was most looking forward to watching was Nolan, Nolan Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, uh, he has, you know, he just has a skill that you can't teach, and he also he just had the speed. He 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 just he looked like a guy that he would be the breakout guy, and it's frustrating not to have him here because there is such a good core. Same same thing for a different reason with Oscar, Oscar. Lindblom. Um, and by the way, 
I don't know if you saw this the story about Washington this, wearing the shirts. Someone passed me a story about uh, that uh, before the Capitals game. Nicholas Backstrom uh, made a request to the Flyers ahead of the game, uh, asking for a few T-shirts of the Oscar Strong T-shirts, and him and his teammate, who's a fellow uh, Swedish player, Carl Haglund, uh, put them on, uh, bearing the number twenty-three and the words Oscar Strong and. You know, those kind of things that we shouldn't lose sight of. I mean, it's it's been tough for the Flyers. It certainly is tough for Oscar, and we wish him the best. But the fact that Oscar uh, is able to garner this kind of support from rival teams uh, shows you what kind of impact he has. I wanted to I, – I neglected to mention, you mentioned head injuries and concussions. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out to Carson Wentz for reporting the concussion. You have a lot of players that don't do that. It was not a spotter that pulled him off. He went to the doctors. Okay. Well, okay, so you're going to give him credit. Now I'm going to be, am. as you call me, Mr. Cranky Pants, mm-hmm. uh, and, and tell you that if you're telling me that a spotter didn't say something after he got drilled in the back of the head Well, look, the I think that the team should have made a point over the penalty from the start. No, no, I'm not talking about the penalty. Uh, I'm saying that if, that if my job is to make sure— No, apparently to, nobody saw it. Apparently he went— to the There's nothing to see. There's th- th- it shouldn't be to see if he's he's going around in circles, stumbling to the wrong sideline. If you get drilled in the back of the head, somebody should come over and say, "All right, you're coming out for a couple plays, and we're going to check you out." I get that, but we talk about toughness in sports a lot, and the misuse of toughness in terms of mental and physical health All right, and I, brain injuries. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, just, I'm not poo pooing. You, you I'm, may want to go ju- after I'm the just, NFL and the Eagles, yeah. and I think that somebody should have been on top of it because if they're looking out for these players, they should look out for the players. All right. So but, can, can we get off the? Because uh, I know that you are chomping at the bit to do something that in in we're going to talk Rutgers, the almost, Jeff. The, in the the three plus years that we have been doing this show together. There has been, other than they have a really good locker room when we had the locker room architect on. And I got a lot of text messages when they, or alerts when they lost 73 to nothing to my Michigan Correct. football. Correct. So here is your chance. I should have had the In fight song. all of your glory. And sadly, you are wearing nothing that says Rutgers. No, I don't have any gear on uh, right now. But go right, ahead. Rutgers beat Penn State this week. They were ranked. They're now 3-1 and one in the Big Ten this season. They're 12-3 on by the By the season. way, before you go on. The, the the statement, Rutgers, a good basketball team, just beat Penn State, a ranked basketball team, is not something I would ever hear in no, my life. No, we're in the twilight zone right, right now. Yeah. All right, you want to know how rare this is? This is the team's best record through 15 games Rutgers, since 1975, 1976. Yeah. Yeah. I went as an undergrad from 97 to 02. The last winning season they had was 2006. That's five years, by the way. The last, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ask my parents, I took a year off, or I took a semester off in between. Yeah, so it's yeah. more four okay. and a half years. Get back to your Rutgers stuff. Look, just wait until your son's at school and you're paying, and he, he decides he's got he wants four to buy years. Himself. See, my parents told me that too, and then yeah. I paid for the last semester. Oh, when good. I well, that makes sense. Out. All right, so get back to the your last stuff. NCAA tournament bid for this team was 1991. They've changed conferences God. three who, times who was then. on that was john battle on that team i don't know mike shasevsky hadn't won a single national again? championship rory williams was in his third season at kansas and tom Izzo was an assistant at michigan state that's the last time that Rutgers Wait, has made 1991? a tournament 91 was the last time they made the ncaa tournament yes 
Is that the longest of like Power Five teams? I have no idea. It's been a dry spell for me as a Rutgers Holy fan. Holy cow! So as you can tell, I'm excited because Rutgers so is twelve and three. So they signed the coach to like a lifetime contract. <laughs> I now? keep him forever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so they play at Illinois tomorrow, and Illinois is eleven and three right now. It's basically for third or fourth place in the Big Ten. But if they win, they might be ranked for the first time since 1975, and that's kind of cool. How exciting. So can you name, I have it up here, Nobody. just for you. Not anybody you on that team. Keith Hughes, Earl Duncan, Brent Dabbs, Daryl Smith, Mike Jones, Craig Carter. The Rutgers coach on that team probably couldn't Tom name the players Savage. on that team, Jeff. Let's be <laughs> honest here. Who was the coach? Oh, I don't know. Who was the coach then? Wenzel. All right, so that was under yeah. Wenzel. Uh-huh. So that was a while ago. Yeah. So I'm excited. So are you going to sing the fight song? Are you going to do something no, I want to show people, your Rutgers I want people love? to listen to the show. All right, if Rutgers wins next week, I'll play the fight song. I don't want to encourage. You will. Yeah, like I'll I'll get the audio. They have well. It. So my question is: Yes, they have we have a fight, a fight song, song, Jeff. Because I can tell you, I've been to many oh, Rutgers God, football games, and, and they never have a chance no, to play it. They don't get to play it because they <laughs> suck. But they're going to get better. Every once in a while, they shoot off their little cannon. Shiano's got a really good coaching staff now. Uh, look, I told you, you said two years. I, I, I t- within two years, they're going to have a better than five hundred football team. And he didn't do a bad job recruiting. No, even and, when he and came the, in, and the coach and the high school coaches, and and this is what I thought would happen: the high school coaches are supporting supporting him and and encouraging their players and don't to worry. stay in state. When your son decides to go there, yeah. you're going to oh, be a Rutgers fan like the rest great. of us. Well, no pressure, you know why? Right? Cuz you're going to pay tuition there. Oh, <laughs> so I have to root for the football team? Yes, you do. No. Your your dollars at work. I am I, going to the the rack for a basketball you'll game love next it. month. It's oh, a, I've been. It's a lot Plenty of fun. Th- I grew up 10 minutes. But it's me. a lot of fun when it's actually good. When Rutgers is good, when it's not... Oh, I'm not going there to root for Rutgers. Of course not. They're You're playing go Michigan. Michigan. Of You're course. Right. Yeah. But look, Rutgers is ranked higher than Michigan uh-huh. in the conference right now. they got a better record. So, so, we'll so all right. So you happy? Are yeah. you excited? We got it out. Yeah? I want to give you the chance to go off again. What now? Um, let's talk <laughs> about Derek Jeter being sued. <laughs> no, the Yankees. The was, Yan- it, was Derek Jeter too? A former Yankees prospect uh-huh. who never went anywhere Say with his the name. team. Say his name. Garrison Lasseter. Okay. Filed a lawsuit because I, I think we should all say his. We should all that, know his name since he was supposed to be the greatest ball player. Since claiming that bread. Derek Jeter yeah. is one of the reasons he never made the team or went on to play in Major League Baseball. He Do wants, you know how many shortstops in the Yankee yet. system I'm could not, say that? I'm not done yet. Okay, Jeff. go ahead. He wants thirty-four million dollars from the team. The case was tossed, and he yeah. believed that the Yankees prevented him from excelling and making the major leagues, uh-huh. not allowing him to make money in the contracts he deserved. So should they have sat Derek Jeter to play him? Like, what is your argument you, for that case? I have none. That you know, Come on, counselor. I've seen a <laughs> lot of stupid lawsuits in my lifetime. You think he had to pay court fees? <laughs> oh, he should. Uh, well, he handled it himself because I think he's a lawyer now. God. Uh, so it, it, is the, it is the most ridiculous thing. We, we cover minor league baseball, okay? We know how hard these guys work. We also we have talked to lots of player development people, and they want these guys to succeed. The amount of investment that goes into these guys for years. They could have traded the guy if he was good. Exactly. Or they could have traded Derek Jeter. Don't you have that conversation? Somebody's blocking somebody. We'll have to move somebody. They're an asset. Haven't we had that conversation with people? It makes no sense to me. Like when, When he filed this lawsuit, I'm just sitting there going, wait. What happened here? What was this guy thinking? Did he suffer some traumatic brain injury? Like, why would you file this lawsuit? 
Well, I don't want to make a joke about traumatic brain injury. Well, I'm, te- I'm telling you, you should not. There is no logic behind this at all. No, none at all. Do you feel better? I'll let mm-hmm. you get it off. I, I don't get it. Two minutes left. LSU Clemson Monday night. You watching? The Tigers versus the Tigers? The Tigers versus the Tigers. You, you, Are you taking you know, the Tigers? I gave you a homework assignment. And I didn't do it. And you didn't do it. Because I don't really listen to you on the air. I am well I'm, I'm I think I'll go out on a limb and say that no, there's never been a national championship game where you should both the, teams have the same. You should do the research the and national, let me know. Well, let me know on next week's show. The <laughs> national championship game hasn't been around that long. Uh we have somebody who should be doing the research, uh-huh, but let's see if he's hey, listening you, and does that, it. That's a family problem yeah, and it's well, not mine. Okay. A lot of money coming out on LSU. Yeah. So if uh if so you mean the you get you mean the home team if, is what you're saying. It's in New if Orleans. Clemson doesn't win, Vegas may have some issues. <laughs> you're gonna cry for them? No, no, yeah. not at all. I'll cry for the people who lose. Look, Clemson Clemson is the the underdog, even though they are the reigning national champion. They've won twenty nine straight Alabama. games and are right. sixty nine and two since two thousand fifteen. Yeah. But rightly, they are an underdog in this game because LSU has dominated this year and has a quarterback who has played out of this. And watch universe. their offensive coordinator. He's uh, somebody talked about for a potential NFL position. Mm-hmm. So as an as a coordinator. So see, I mean, he's really brought. He came from New Orleans. Went down to play with the Tigers. I mean, the, the, the numbers that Joe Burrow has put up this year, including that he he completed seventy eight percent of his passes. And he was dominant in the the first playoff game. Just yeah. absolutely. But, but the but the fact that on top of all that, they're playing basically a home game. They're playing in New Orleans. They it's are. It's only an hour from Baton Rouge. They they definitely are. Uh, it's going to be a fun game, though. Is it going to be a game? It, it you're you're talking about this year's best quarterback. Against likely next year's best quarterback, and Lawrence can't come out. He's young. Yep. He's still got to mm-hmm. be there for another year. Yeah. So, where are you going to watch the game? Do you like make a big deal out of it, or no? I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm just going to actually like the ESPN broadcast where they have all the different TV angles mm-hmm. and the coaches thing. So I'll watch that way. Any yeah. last thoughts before we head off the air, Jeff? Go Tigers. Say something profound. I just did. Go Rutgers. Tigers are going to win. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.